Hey guys, welcome to another episode of NC Anime. I have a special guest with me today. How are you doing today? I'm good. So introduce who you are and where they can find you and what you do. Okay, well my name is Sarah Humphreys and I am a teenage fantasy author. I am publishing a book called Stone Cold and you can find me basically anywhere you can buy a book. You can find me on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Goodreads, and Instagram, Facebook, stuff like that. Okay. So being a teenager, being publishing a book, how was that kind of like impacting you to be an author? Uh, well, you, you get a lot of... You get a lot of ideas mm -hmm. from from fantasy, and it's just it's just something fun to watch and something fun to read. So, okay. Speaking of fantasy, um, we are actually going to discuss uh, big fantasy genres of shows that you may have. Oh, there's an idea. I can use that idea in my my fantasy type book setting. So what? Uh, like four or five uh, sources you had inspiration for the fantasy writing. Uh, well, in so a lot of fantasy shows in in anime taught me about different magic systems. Um, so I always thought that magic systems were like a certain group of people had were born with innate abilities and. But uh, anime introduced me to a type of magic system like in Black Clover or Fullmetal Alchemist where everyone has magic. Everyone can learn magic. It's just an ingrained part of their society. And I was able to use that sort of magic system and it has a whole lot of cool world building opportunities. Oh, interesting. So you are able to like use a very unique magic system that will utilize their inherent ability to learn or just naturally be given magic? Uh, yeah, uh, it, it's, it's been interesting. I, I always thought that, that magic was like something that only a few people are innately born with, but you know, Black Clover, Fairy Tale, Fullmetal Alchemist. In Fullmetal Alchemist, anyone can just learn alchemy. Yeah. And that's cool. Like, uh, people. People have to study for years and years, and it's just accessible to anyone. And I, I really like that. It was uh, I have a new book that I, I based that off of. Ooh, what's the new book about? Well, okay, it's give us. It's basically Black Clover. I stole everything from Black Clover. Oh. <laughs> um. Yeah, so it's basically about this, this society where everyone can use magic, like channel magical energy from from gods, a pantheon of gods. And uh, if you can't use magic, it means that the gods have cursed you and you're and you're possessed by a demon, basically. <laughs> That's what people think. And so the main character is the only person who can't use magic. And yeah, I, I stole that from Black Clover. <laughs> I mean, that's not the only show that doesn't have a... Yeah, have yeah, a but... Those are the <laughs> criteria. But I guess the demon reference is, uh... 
Well, you're also using the pattern of a god, so like, it's kind of like more different, in a way. You're not exactly. Okay, yeah. You're doing your own thing with it, so that's what's good about inspiration. Like, all these people in like, different movies, like, oh yeah, this scene inspired me to do this particular scene, or this idea made me blow up this entire movie and make it into this plot. So it's very common for... to seek out other properties that will give you influence, give you the inspiration or the ideas you need to generate in order to make the creative difference that you want to achieve in the property you want to make. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. Another thing with, uh, you know, magic, like, what is a very unique magic system that you have have in your books? Because I know the Pathion's kind of new and all that stuff. What about the previous books? Was there, like, a Pacific magic system that you had to, like, spend a bunch of time def defining what it is, where it comes from, all that stuff. Uh, yeah. I, I have this book where people can use soul magic. And you, uh, you basically um, take, this, take this substance, like, mm. it's, it's blood almost. I think it's the blood of creatures. Yeah, so you take this blood from these immortal creatures, and if you draw certain symbols, um, then you can interact with people's souls. Like you can, you can take those souls out. You can, you can talk to them. It's not really defined yet. Mm -hmm. This is like a work in progress kind of thing. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, the the concept is really fun. I haven't really mapped out a lot of the boundaries yet. That's that's the magic system that I love. Okay. So one unique system about that, like there is so many ways you can interact with the soul on the astral plane, kind of thing. Because yeah, let's say you sacrifice this specific animal to do the specific blood magic to I don't know summon a uh, <laughs> summon a creature from another dimension. Let's just say that. And that's a, that creature is a soul, but it's a separate entity out of our plane of existence. So, certain sacrifices, certain forbidden spells can be, like, put in, and then they're banned for specific reasons. You can go into that kind of thing. Or yeah. you can also go on a journey, like Mushi Mushi, for example. It's a very good... Ah, yes. Like... Yes, I've heard of that one. Souls and... They have, like, all these different creatures that he's going around, like, he'd know exactly how to, like, treat them, get them out of the human life, not to impact the people around them. So, that is a particular storyline you can take as well, is that those souls all around you, and this particular person with the blood magic can actually communicate or do different areas of interacting with the spirits of knowing them and how to deal with them and how to make them coexist with humanity kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So what do you think of Mushi Mushi when I brought that up? Um, well, I haven't actually watched it. I've just heard of it, so. Yeah, but like, what have you heard about that's like really intriguing? 
that that's it. That's all I know. I don't know very much. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a really good show. It bases around that supernatural fantasy type vibe. And it's really well done. It's like really bright animation and different colors of the spirits. You like feel like you are connected in the story and him being the so-called spirit master of the of the you know the civilization to help people out on a different journey. He gets paid to like move certain spirits from something's house or diagnose what the supernatural is doing to the humans. The impact like being around them could endanger them in some capacity. So, another thing with fantasy that strikes a lot of chords is the the shonen genre specifically has a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's that's mostly what I watch. I watch shonen. (laughs) You sure you don't watch shoujo? I thought you'd be watching shoujo. (laughs) No. No, I watch shonen. (laughs) Here's the thing. In shoujo, the male characters in shoujo need help. They're not very good. Oh, so yeah, I like yeah. my male characters a lot more. <laughs> so you aspire to the, male, to the males themselves, huh? The bond of friendship and all that stuff, huh? Is that what you're telling me? I just... Yeah, I, I just I just like the fights and, and the male characters. Okay. Thought I mentioned this. Let's explore fairy tale real quick. You familiar with fairy tale? You you made an episode about about fairy users and you talked about Natsu. Yes. So I was I was happy because about that because I love fairy tale. What about fairy tale that? Do you think the the fan the fantasy aspect gives to the to the watchers of the readers? Uh, well, I I I um I really like that everyone has their own type of magic again. The world building thing where where magic is easily accessible and and woven into their society, and I like that everyone has different types of magic, and that leads to really cool fights. Who's your favorite character? Who's the character you connect with the most? <laughs> oh boy. So, you are a fan of Natsu. What about Natsu that's different than other main characters? Because there is main differences. Okay, well, I know that he's a lot like most shonen protagonists in the sense that, you know, he's dumb, he has a lot of power, he cares about his friends. Stuff like that. Um, but there, Natsu has one thing that I really, really like in fantasy, and that's dragons. I really love dragons. And I really like that Natsu kind of embodies the spirit of a dragon. In the sense that like he's really ferocious, he likes fighting, and he's just like upbeat all the time. And I really like that part of his personality. Ah, uh, so you're saying that Natsu as a character could be a, a metaphor for dragon persona. Yeah. Like he's like the personification of what a dragon could be. 
even though yeah, I, 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 I you know, Igneo and all that stuff being tra well, I don't know. Like, not a lot of a lot of characters are grown up and have a a father figure as a dragon. First of all, <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't come up too often. I mean, the entire Dragon Slayers in the different generations. I feel like the first generation is more genuine than the second or the third generation. I feel like the second generation is just like, well, they got dragons, but. What's the deal here? <laughs> like, it's not... They're not, like, they're far connected from the dragon. And then the third generation is even further connected. Disconnected. Yeah. When it... It's so funny. There's that concept in the tournament arc. And, yeah, it was the tournament arc. And, and Sting and Rogue were like, well... We're more superior than you are because because um we 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 were taught by dragons and we have the crystals and and you're and we're so much better than you are and I'm like no you're not <laughs> Max he's genuine he's first gen <laughs> back away <laughs> so you want you want to honor that pride that Natsu is the first generation dragon and no one can stop him basically yeah oh my gosh. I really like how the tournament arc, they have like that fellow episode where they actually explore more of the dragons in the timeline. They went back in time and actually saw the different dragons in the flashbacks. That was kind of cool. Oh, uh, yeah. Build up more of the appeal of the lore of the dragons more. And also, I think, establish a goal to warn Natsu about, you know, the impending threat coming after that? I don't know. I think that was just kind of yeah. interesting to me. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny that in anime, everything's always shot to pieces after the tournament arc. Yeah. I mean, not every anime has a tournament arc. Yeah. But, like, yeah, but... It's a, there's, a, there's a trend where, you know, the tournament is a uh, building stone or character development. And it's usually a character development for multiple characters, so... That's what I also yeah. like about it, too. Because it's not just the main character getting the development, it's everyone else. Like, maybe even the main character's, uh... Squad, or posse. Or even the, uh... Sometimes even older villains, you get introduced to more development from them. It's really interesting because you can see the older characters coming back from previous shows into the tournament arc and then they face off again, you know, stuff like that. But I think the, I think, I think one of the better, uh, tournament arcs that are actually out there is the Dark Sega tournament, the Dark Tournament. Yu-Gi-Oh! Hakusho. Yu-Gi-Oh! Hakusho. Right. I haven't watched that. But everyone is like, oh my gosh, the Dark Tournament is so good. Like, they go in there, like, really deep in the supernatural and, you know, demon background and different people with different powers. It's kind of interesting because that Dark Tournament, everyone was just fighting. It didn't really have a, like, a particular mode or to do, go to deactivate anything, you know? It just felt genuine. 
Okay, I'll take your word for it. So what's a uh, particular fantasy aesthetic show when you were younger that you really loved? Well, Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, yes. I remember Avatar The Last Airbender. If I watched it with my brother, for the entire summer, I'll be watching every episode out of order because that's how the, the reruns tips kept showing it. So I'll be watching the entire seasons out of order. It's like, okay, I've already seen the episode. And I go through the episode guide to see if it's all episodes that I have watched or not watched. And then I put up a reminder to let me know. It's like, okay, I'm going to watch this. And then at this time, I can watch this particular show when it comes on. So I get the reminder. So that's really interesting, too. But what's your memory of uh, Avatar? Uh, well, I, wa- I watched it when I was, like, eight. Elementary school, middle school. And then I kept rewatching it and rewatching it and rewatching it. And I think I've watched it six times. <laughs> six times? Oh, my. Well, I've, well, I watched it a lot. You know, I kind of gave my brother a birthday present of the DVD set. And he rewatched it all. Hello? Hey, don't let Rollo out the gates open. Okay. So, yeah, that's kind of interesting to me. What you, what's your thoughts? Uh, sorry. Yeah. What is your thoughts about Avatar? Like, what did it give you that you just love so much about it? Oh. Oh, gosh, my headphones are killing the audio. Yeah, whenever I talk, it's echoing my voice. (laughs) You're fine. Dang it. It's probably going to pick up, though. So what this this happened last time. Like, because I know for me when I liked Avatar series, I had a bonding moment with my brother. We all watched it together in the living room on Nicktoons, and it just kept showing up on Nicktoons like every single day. I have like a marathon of like six to five episodes at once. So you have like three to four hours to watch the entire series, or whatever they were showing at the time, in the different chapters. How about, what is that aspect that you like? Well, I... I actually watched the show um, all in one Yeah. I, I watched it on Netflix. You did? So you watch it on Netflix, and what else? Uh, well, I, I, I thought it was good. It was, it, was, it was the thing that got me into anime in the first place, actually. Oh, okay. So the anime aesthetic kind of got you into it by watching the show, right? Like, oh, 
Well, yeah, that's kind of cool that you had watched that and enjoyed it, you know? Is there any other aesthetic of Avatar that, like, pushed you forward to the fantasy genre and your inspiration for anime? Well, I, I liked bending a lot mm -hmm. as, as a magic system. That got me into magic systems. Oh, so the I guess what the martial the Chinese martial art element bending kind of oh, influence yeah. you yeah. more. I I love bending as a magic system. It was the first. It was the first more I thought. I thought, oh, this is this is how magic works in a fantasy world. So I kind of took inspiration from that, and then I tried to create other elemental magic systems, but none of them are as well-written or consistent as pending, so I just kind of stopped. Well, okay, well, if you wanted to do something that was, like, similar to Elemental, you could have, like, take inspiration from, like, uh, Magic the Gathering, uh, Dungeons and Dragons. They have a lot of Elemental, like, lore dig into that fantasy building as well. You could have done something like that, maybe look into, like, Elemental spirits, maybe that could have been poss a possible route, because they exist. Like Pokemon or something. Yeah. Well, mm, Pokemon's more like a fantasy adventure type thing, and and what if animals would take different forms on the environment on and inanimate objects and be alive? That's kind of like the aspect of you know Pokemon with pocket monsters. Yeah. There is an elemental aspect to it, though. Well, yeah, because they have different typings, though. Water psychic or ground grass and all that stuff. I haven't watched Pokemon in a while. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's undergoing a lot of changes, and you know, they have enough some. You know, like Mega Evolution, Power Move, Z Moves, and then some gigantic form of Pokemon, Gigantamax. It's kind of, it's, it's, it's turned into a different property altogether. Let's just say that. Yeah, and the animation style is different now in, in the anime. Yeah, they kind of took a big step in the animation style after Alola, which is kind of interesting to me. And I think Aloha's like the only main series league that he won with the Elite Four and stuff. I think he beat all the gyms and beat the island. <laughs> so that's the main canon except for Orange Island arc. Battle Frontier. <laughs> I don't know. What's the uh the whimsical World of Harry Potter, what has that influenced you with? Harry Potter? <laughs> I hate Harry Potter. Why? <laughs> <laughs> what do you have against Harry Potter? Because I have two friends that are, that are total Harry Potter nerds. So what? Them being Potters just I, I, messed up your vibe with the show? Maybe. I, I don't know. Oh my gosh. Guilty by association, I see. I, I, I like the world building. 
<laughs> he's just, he just, it's too slow to build up. What I know one particular uh, fantasy, Isekai. What's your favorite Isekai anime? Oh, Isekai. Oh my gosh. Well, what have you watched this far? Uh, okay, well, my favorite is That Time I Got Reincarnated. You like that? Yes. I mean, that's kind of cool that you have that to like. So that time you got reincarnated as a slime, what do you like about it? Um, I, I really like that they build a kingdom from scratch. Mm. That's cool. It's like Dr. Stone or something. Uh, yeah. That is kind of cool to have that, like, likability factor. I don't know. I think I really like that time I got reincarnated as a slime. Because it's like an easy kind of classic that was never met, that just took off in popularity for me. Also, I don't know. You never really think that you being reincarnated as a slime would be such a powerful thing. <laughs> like, the apex predator ability is like, off the charts. It's one of those things like, why is this a thing? It's funny. I mean, it's funny, but like, sometimes I feel like it's, it's, it's like, too powerful. Sometimes I feel like it's too powerful. I don't know. Oh, um, what isekai do you like? Oh, well, hmm. Log Horizon is a really good isekai show. Did you like Log Horizon? Yes, I like Log Horizon. But, um, okay. Um, I I'm saying it. I like Sorta Online better than Log Horizon. What? You taking that step? Oh my <laughs> gosh. Okay, well you have to defend this one because I can't def I can't help you here. Go ahead. Say why I, uh, so SAO is better than Log Horizon. I want to hear it. <laughs> I know. People would kill me for <laughs> What about it that you like? Okay, well... to get like 51% majority to like it more than Mark Horizon? The movie? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, you might be have a point there. But, I don't know. I mean, they both die into like the game aesthetic. I feel like Log Horizon could have been better if they had more seasons. 
But I think the world building in Log Horizon was like more concrete. Because the main character would actually. Instead of just being overly powerful all the time, he was very strategic. So he yeah. would build up his guild. And actually, that guild would be the support of other guilds and build the alliances to make it better for the people involved in the uh, Log Horizon trap in the game. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll admit that, yes, the game aspect is better in Log Horizon. But, you know, with, uh, I think the original SAO is the only good season. When you stray away from the other season, it gets, like, less concrete, you know? Yeah. I think yeah. the original season of SAO was really good because of the 100 floors and that was like a totally new concept and like they really introduced what the dungeon boss and raid parties they really capitalized on that aesthetic really more the multiplayer being trapped now how to defend and then it gets also pretty grim it's like yeah this is the level you know in the plot where there's so many people going for this, and yet you knew that, and you didn't let us, you didn't help us, you know, kind of aspect too. You just, you knew how to beat this because you were in the beta version, but you didn't help us, and you're just helping us now. He had, like, earned a lot of people's trust because of that. Yeah. And also, yeah. you know, two sword style, I love dual wielding sword users. That kind of just like syndicates what SAO is. People think of Kato and just having the two sword style. Okay, you say you like dual wielders, but are there any other dual wielders? In I can't think of any off the top of my head. Ah, uh, there's plenty of dual wielders actually. Well, for example, you have Zoro, the three sword okay, style yeah, that's, from that's one, you know, from Luffy or One Piece. I mean, there's plenty of people that use multiple swords. And there's, yeah. like, different yeah. iconic people that use those swords. Like, I know, like, Samurai Shampoo, there's a bunch of sword wielders there. So, like, when you go into, like, sword shows that wielding on those swords, then you can find that wielding two swords is actually very common. Okay, well, now that I'm thinking, I'm thinking Nanosuke from Demon Slayer. Yeah. And then Hayakimaru from Doro. And, yeah, I've been thinking of those. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, you know, it, it's not uncommon because I know what Japanese society they did have two people wield two swords, but usually, uh, the swords that are usually two swords are shorter, but have more agility when you swing it, and they're also sharper as well, because yeah. they're usually shorter swords. They're not like the big broad sword that takes one giant swing. That we see a lot. You know, that heavy sword and then someone else picks it up. It's like, how you lift this thing? <laughs> uh, so what is a particular fight? Is there a particular, like, magical fight or fantasy fight that just really influenced you in your writing? Oh, let's see. Um... I really liked the fights in Fullmon Alchemist. Uh, I liked the fight between Edward and Greed in Brotherhood. Oh, uh, okay. 
So you're the Butterhood fan, and so the original FMA, I see how it is. Well, I watched the original too. <laughs> True. I don't know, I think the homunculi in Butterhood were better than what we had in the original FMA. Because that storyline seemed more genuine. It actually was thought out was thought out more because it's based on the manga more too. So that's probably why Brotherhood was better because of the changes in the manga and how it influenced people to uh, gravitate more to the original adaptation of the manga. I don't know. Speaking about homunculi, where's your favorite character that just lives forever? Like, favorite immortal character? Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you watched Two Year Eternity? Uh, what's, the, what's the show? Two Year Eternity. Two Year Eternity. I'm not sure I have. Please enlighten okay. me. Well, uh, it's a show about an immortal character who... Basically, it takes the form of whatever creatures um, he, he comes across. And the, the story is basically him learning how to be human. And he's my favorite immortal character. Okay. So he tries to reach to be human, even though he's immortal. So what, did he lose his humanity by living all these past other humans? Well... So, he starts off as, like, a shapeless orb. Like, he's, like, an object. And then he turns into a dog, and then turns into a human, and then another human. So, basically, the arcs are just him learning how to be human, and being conscious, and learning how to live. Wait like, a second, I think I know what you're talking about. I think I read it up on that. It's like, the orb takes different shapes, and eventually... Learns to be human to the inter- to the different interactions of being human. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. It's kind of cool that you bring that up. So I don't know. I guess the immortal character for me. I don't know. I'm kind of pretty dead set on Helsing. You know what Helsing is? Yeah, I know what Helsing is. Have you watched it? I have watched two episodes. You watched two episodes and that's it? Yeah, but, but I, I know a lot about it. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, I think... You know, I, I, I would know what you were talking about. Yeah, I think, you know, the vampire aesthetic with the supernatural twist is kind of interesting. I love vampires so much. I mean, I, vampire stuff for me kind of hit home because it's like they're really done in a way that captures that aesthetic of what they are and what they represent. And, you know, housing it's more interesting because of maybe the, the MA rating, you know? Being like the plot focus and violent and gore a little bit. Not like over the top, but like just enough to have that like horror theme vibe to me, you know? It has like that 
interesting plot development that just is enough to stick you to the entire franchise. And then also Helsing Ultimate and all that stuff, too. Uh, yeah, the Brotherhood treatment. <laughs> I, I think it's just another season. I don't, I, I don't think it was like a sequel. I think it was just a continuation of the original Helsing. I can't, I can't remember. There's also another vampire um, anime I watched recently. It was a uh, Webtoons original from Crunchyroll, Noblesse. Yes, I've heard of that one too. Nobles is really great because it takes a totally different theme of what vampire is. Because the Nobles are like the nobles that have lived forever. In this particular one, I think, I believe his origin is Dracula? And he like lives secluded from everyone else, but he's like super powerful. So that's kind of interesting to me. And, you know, like, they want, they don't call them vampires, they call them nobles, or nobles. <laughs> so, it's like, kind of, and then he also has Frankenstein. He has the original Frankenstein as a, so, as a butler. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's like, oh, it's Frankenstein, and Frankenstein's super strong, and he's just a, a servant to the nobles. It's like, what is this? <laughs> like, he gave him the Sylvan because, uh, he was actually lonely, and Frankenstein was, like, had a vendetta against the nobles, so he'd be killing all the nobles, and he was giving to this noble to, like, give him comfort, and then by the end of it, they did, like, a, I, I don't know, a really strong relationship as a butler and Sylvan. It's... Okay, now you're getting me thinking about Black Butler. I love Black Butler. What are you talking about? Black Butler is 